Section 24 of the Letters of Madame de Savigny to her daughter and friends. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. Letter 76. Paris, Wednesday, February the 14th, 1680. I think you extremely fortunate in the society of Madame de Janet, who has come on purpose for you. This is a friendship which pleases me. I am fully persuaded her whole employment will be to take care of your health. Pray embrace her for me. You give yourself very little concern about the vanities of this world. I think I see you constantly retiring and going to bed, leaving the rest to sing and dance by themselves. You will have rest for your money, as I told you the other day. Montgobert has related to me very pleasantly the manoeuvres of the beautiful Iris and the jealousy of the Count. I dare say he will often see the moon with this beauty. He has revenged himself for this time by a very pretty song. Montgobert made me laugh at her respect for Monsieur de Grignon. She had written that he came to the ball La Gueule en Farinée full of expectation. She recollected herself, erased the girl, and wrote the bouche, so that it is now la bouche en farine. The gendarmes are quite bewildered. My son goes to Flanders instead of meeting the Dauphiness. The army is assembling, they say, to take Chalmont. Footnote. One of the conditions of the treaty with Spain was that France, with other places that were given up to her, should have either Dinan or Chamon. But the emperor, whose consent was necessary, having preferred keeping Dinan, France was put in possession of Chamon. There was only a military demonstration. It was upon this acquisition of Chamon, Monsieur de Coulanges wrote some verses ending... Louis est un enfant gâté, ou lui laisse tout faire. Louis is a spoiled child. He is suffered to do what he pleases. This complacence throughout Europe cost dear to France. The king, habituated thus to have his own way, adopted three fatal resolutions. He revoked the Edict of Nantes, protected James II, and accepted the testament of the King of Spain. Back to main text. We know nothing certain except that the officers are going to the army, and that in a month there will be an army of 50,000 infantry. The Chevalier's regiment is not one of them. The Chamber of the Arsenal is again sitting. One of the committee, whose name is not mentioned, said to Monsieur de la Reynie, but, sir, as far as I see, we are only employed about sorceries and witchcraft, such diabolical proceedings of which the Parliament of Paris never takes cognizance. Our commission is to try the case of poisoning. How comes it that we inquire into anything else? La Reynie was surprised and said, So we have secret orders. Be so good, sir, replied the other, 
as to communicate those orders to us, and we will obey them as well as you. But as we are without your knowledge, I think I say nothing contrary to reason and justice in thus expressing myself. End quote. Now I am of opinion you will not blame this man's honesty, though he does not wish it to be known. There are so many persons of worth belonging to this chamber that you will find it difficult to guess who he is. The little Prince de Leon was baptised yesterday at Saint-Gervais by a Bishop of Brittany. Monsieur de Rennes stood godfather as representing the states of Brittany. The Duchess was godmother. The rest were all Brittany folks. The Governor of Brittany, the Lieutenant General of Brittany, the Treasurer of Brittany, the Deputies of Brittany, several Lords of Brittany, the Presidents of Brittany, father and son. In short, had there been a dance, they would have danced Brittany dances, and have eaten Brittany butter had it been a meagre day. I assure you my son feels all the secret power which attaches the Bretons to their country. He has returned perfectly enchanted with it. He has begun for the first time in his life to admire Tonkidec and to think him worthy of imitation. It would be like stopping the course of the Rhone to oppose this torrent, which carries him so far as even to dispose him to sell his place. He said this to Gorfiel and several others before he mentioned it to me. He assigns very good reasons. He looks forward. He fears the disgusts which may be occasioned by means of Monsieur de la Trousse. He is sorry for those who are appointed to the gendarmerie and has no wish to be ruined. The sum of the matter is that by thus discovering his inmost heart, he would reduce us to the necessity of saying, certainly he is perfectly in the right to sell his place. I cannot reproach myself with concealing what my duty obliged me to say on this strange resolution, in which I expressed myself with the freedom I sometimes indulge myself in, I desired him to wait for at least some pretext, some shadow of dissatisfaction. In short, to stay for something that may serve to keep his real thoughts undiscovered. But it was all to no purpose. For all Monsieur de Lagarde and I have been able to do is to beg he will not interfere. We are overjoyed at his absence, as it may be a means of preventing his doing injury to his affairs by decrying his own goods. I told him it was very unfortunate to value commissions merely from whim and caprice by his liking and disliking to pay an exorbitant price for the incency because he was wild for it, to rate the sublet-tenancy at nothing because he is disgusted with it. Is it thus we should buy and sell, unless we were fools, ignorant of business and wished to ruin ourselves? Adieu, my beloved child. Be not uneasy on this account. Let us adore the dispensations of providence, whose kindness sends us no greater 
subject of complaint. I shall still possess my mind in liberty, for I shall still be as much yours as ever. This will make no change in me, quite the contrary, quite the contrary. Letter 77, Paris, Friday, February the 23rd, 1680. Indeed, my child, this has been a very pretty week for the Grignons. Should Providence favour the elder brother in proportion as it has the younger, we might soon expect to see him in a charming situation. In the meantime, I think it no disagreeable thing to have brothers in such favour. The Chevalier had scarcely returned thanks for his pension of a thousand crowns when he was chosen, out of eight or ten persons of quality and merit, to be an attendant upon the Dauphin with a salary of two thousand crowns. So here are appointments to the value of nine thousand livres a year in the space of three days. He immediately went back to Saint-Germain with his second acknowledgments, for it seems he had been appointed in his absence while he was here in Paris. His personal merit has greatly contributed to this choice. His distinguished reputation, his strict honour and probity, and the regularity of his conduct have been remarked. And it is the general opinion that His Majesty could not have made a better choice. There are but eight persons named yet, Dangeau, Dantin, Clermont, Saint-Maur, Matignon, Chiverny, Florensac, and Grignon. Footnote, these were afterward reduced to six, namely Messieurs Dangeau, Dantin, Saint-Maur, Chiverny, Florensac, and Grignon. Back to main text. The last is universally approved. Permit me, then, to pay my compliments of congratulation to Monsieur de Grignon, the coadjutor, and yourself. My son sets out tomorrow. He has read the reproaches you make him. Possibly the charms of the court he wishes to leave, and where he has so handsome an establishment, will make him change his opinion. We have prevailed on him not to be in a hurry, but to wait quietly till he meets with the temptation of a greater sum than he gave. You have given me a specimen of Monsieur de Grignon's joy by my own in hearing that you are better. As your complaints are no longer continual, I am in great hopes that by taking care of yourself, using a milk diet and giving up writing, you will in the end... Restore my daughter to me as lovely as ever. I am charmed with Mongo Bear's sincerity. Had she always written me word you were well, I should never have given credit to her. She has managed the whole business to a miracle, and she has won my heart by her candour. So natural is it for us to love not to be deceived. May heaven preserve you, my dear, in this prosperous state which gives us all such flattering hopes but to return to the grignons for we seem to have forgotten them nothing else is talked of here nothing but complimenting passes in this house 
one has scarcely done when another begins. I have not seen either of them since the Chevalier has him made a lady of honour, as Monsieur de Rochefoucauld calls it. He will write you all the news much better than I can possibly do. It is supposed that Madame de Soubise will not be one of the travelling party. See how long my letter is growing. Well, I will only mention La Voisin's affair and conclude. She was not burned on Wednesday, as I wrote you word. The sentence was not executed till yesterday. She knew her fate on Monday, a very extraordinary circumstance. In the evening she said to those who guarded her, What, no media noches? She ate with them at midnight out of whim, for it was no fast day, drank plentifully of wine, and sang several drinking songs. On Monday she received the question, ordinary and extraordinary. She had now dined and slept nearly eight hours. She was confronted, while under the torture, with Mesdames de Dreux and Le Ferrand and several more. Her answers have not yet transpired, but everyone expects to hear strange things. Readers note, Le Ferrand was the widow of President Le Ferrand. She had been accused of having killed her husband by making him take diamond dust poison. Madame de Dreux, the wife of Philippe de Dreux, was accused of having offered 6,000 francs to La Voisin and of having given her a cross of diamonds to get rid of her husband and of a woman who was about to marry a man she loved. Back to main text. Her answers have not yet transpired. She supped in the evening and, lacerated and disjointed as she was, gave a loose to her excess to the disgust of everyone present. They endeavoured to make her sensible of her ill conduct and that she would be much better employed thinking of God and singing devout hymns than such songs. Upon which she sang a psalm or two in mockery and then fell asleep. Wednesday was spent in the like confronting, drinking and singing. She absolutely refused to let a confessor come near her. In short, on the Thursday, that is yesterday, they denied her all kinds of food excepting only a little broth, of which she complained greatly, seeming to be apprehensive that she should not have strength to carry her through the business of the day. She came from Vincennes to Paris in a coach. She seemed embarrassed, as if she wished to conceal what she felt. They would have had her confess, but she would not hear of it. At five o'clock she was bound and sat on a sledge, dressed in white with a taper in her hand. She was extremely red in the face and was seen to push away the confessor and the crucifix with great violence. Madame de Chaune, Madame de Sully, the Countess de Fiesque, myself and several others saw her pass by the Hôtel de Sully. When she came to the Church of Notre-Dame, she refused to pronounce the amende honorable. And at the Greve, she struggled with all her might to prevent their taking her out of the sledge. She was, however, dragged out by main force 
and made to sit down on the pile to which he was bound by iron chains and then covered over with straw. She swore prodigiously and pushed away the straw five or six times, but at length the fire increased. She sunk out of sight, and her ashes are by this time floating in the air. This is the end of Madame Voisin, celebrated for her crimes and her impiety. One of the judges, to whom my son happened to mention his surprise at persons being burned alive in a slow fire, made answer, My dear sir, there are some indulgences granted to the women in favour of their sex. How, pray, sir, are they strangled? No, sir, they are covered with faggots, and the executioner tears up their heads with iron hooks. So you see, my child, this is not so dreadful as we have been told it was. How do you find yourself after this little story? It made my blood run cold in my veins. Letter 78, Paris, Friday, March the 15th, 1680. I am much afraid we shall lose Monsieur de la Rochefoucauld. His fever still continues. He received the sacrament yesterday. The tranquillity of his mind is really worthy of admiration. He has settled all affairs of conscience, and his disorder and the prospect of approaching dissolution give him no concern. You would think it was his neighbour at the point of death. He hears the physician's dispute without being the least affected by it, and the contentions of the Englishman and Friar Ange without saying a word. I return to this verse. Trop au-dessus de lui pour y prater l'esprit. Footnote. Too superior to himself to pay any attention to it. Back to main text. He would not see Madame de Lafayette yesterday on account of her tears, and because he was to receive the sacrament. But he sent about noon to know how she was. Believe me, my child, he has not passed his life in making useless reflections. He has rendered death so familiar that the prospect is neither new nor terrific to him. Monsieur de Massillac arrived the day before yesterday at midnight, so overwhelmed with grief that I do not think even you could feel more for me. It was a long time before he could compose himself. At length he came in, when he found Monsieur de Rochefoucauld sitting in his chair with an air very little different from what he usually wore. As Monsieur de Massillac is the only one of his children who may be said to enjoy his friendship, it was thought he would be himself affected at seeing him. But of this, however, there was not the smallest appearance, and he even did not name his illness to him. His son, unable to contain himself any longer, withdrew to give vent to his grief. When, after a great deal of altercation, Gourville being against and Longlard for the Englishman, each of them supported by different parties in the family, and the two Esculapian chiefs keeping up all the warmth of their natural animosity, Monsieur de Massillac decided in favour of the Englishman. And yesterday at four in the afternoon, Monsieur de la Rochefoucauld took his medicines and at eight repeated them again. 
As there is no getting admittance at present, it is difficult to learn the truth. However, I have been told that after having been last night within an instant of giving up the ghost through the struggle between the medicine and the gouty humour, he had so considerable an evacuation that though the fever has not yet abated, there is reason to hope for a favourable issue. I am convinced in my own mind that he will recover, though Monsieur de Massiac does not yet venture to admit a ray of hope. I can compare him in his affections and grief to no one but yourself, my dear child, who cannot bear the thoughts of my death. You may well believe that I shall not give him Monsieur de Guignon's letter at present. It shall go, however, with those who come afterward. For I am convinced with Longlard, from whom I learned all I tell you, that the remedy given will complete the cure. I want to know how you are after your journey to Marseille. I must chide Monsieur de Grignon for taking you with him. I cannot approve such useless jaunts. Must not you also show Coulon, Hier, Saint-Baume, Saint-Maximime and the Fountain of Vaucluse to the Mademoiselle de Grignon? I am almost constantly with Madame de Lafayette. You must be totally insensible to the charms of friendship and the affections of the heart, were she less afflicted than she is. I close this packet at her house at nine in the evening. She has read your little note, for in spite of her fears, she has hope enough to be able to read it. Monsieur de la Rochefoucauld is still the same. His legs begin to swell, which the Englishman does not like. He seems certain, however, that his medicines will have the desired effect. If this be true, I shall admire the great humanity of the physician in not tearing him piecemeal. For this will be the ruin of them all, to take the fever out of their hands is to take the bread out of their mouths. Duchesne is very easy about the matter, but all the others are stark mad. End of section 24